The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being on our show today. You are certainly in for a treat, not only for this lifetime, but as we'll soon discover, perhaps many others. <laughs> it is my pleasure that we have with us uh, Joanne DiMaggio. She is a specialist on past life experiences. She is indeed and calls herself the author of a universe. And having said that, I want to thank all of you, first and foremost, for being an intentional spirit and for being a participant in this show and sharing it with your friends and other people in order that we continue to be difference makers in the world. Joanne, welcome to our show today. Thank you, Temple. I'm really glad to be here. Well, it's it's a pleasure to have you and to have you uh, as a reporter for the universe. Um, (laughs) How did you... Um, how did you get on this path? You know, often uh, people, and I'm one of those people, I I was kind of a, if you will, a late bloomer, knowing that I had immense gifts as a healer, but not, one, you know, always wondering, well, when are they going to come about? You know, <laughs> when, when am I going to be away some weekend and download? Oh, now I can, you know, do these kind of miracles. How did you, how did you know, um, that you were going to get into this line of work? Well, it's so interesting because um, when you look, when I look back, uh, I could see a lot of moments in my life, in my young life, when there were clues that this is what I was going to be doing. Um, what I do is a combination of, of uh, soul writing, which is a written form of meditation. I teach that, and I also do past life work. The soul writing actually came first, um, and that happened when I was nine years old. Um, I wanted to create a secret code that my parents couldn't read. And so um, being a good Catholic girl, I knew how to pray. And I went into the bathroom, which was the only private room in the house, and I sat down with a pad of paper and a pen, and I said a prayer, Dear Jesus, can you send me a secret code that Mom and Dad won't be able to understand? I did this, by the way, because my parents, um, who were born in this country, would speak in fluent Italian to my grandparents when they didn't want us to know what they were talking about. So I, I became a little livid about that and thought, gee, what, this is what it would feel like if you didn't know what I was talking about. Thus, the idea <laughs> for the secret code. Well, I did. The, I got a code actually, and um, and didn't realize at the time that I was using the process that I would many, many, many years later be writing about, which is to just go into a altered state of consciousness, and in that meditative state, write whatever you're given. And I ended up getting the Phoenician alphabet, which dated from like 1000 B.C. I didn't find that out for another 25 years. But there was the first time that I had done the combination of the soul writing and tapping into some uh, past life information. And so um, as I... So you, at, at nine years old then, you're, you're in a bathroom, you're asking for your own secret and, and unique code, and 
literally like words or symbols or was it words? Right. Was it symbols? symbols. Uh, Sim- I, both I got and. symbols on. Yeah, I got symbols on on the paper, and I I decided that each symbol would be a different letter. And I used that, and I had messages all over the house that my parents could care less. So I abandoned that idea. But 25 years later, I'm sitting in a calligraphy class, and the instructor is showing us the history of handwriting. And she said, this is the earliest form of handwriting that we have. And lo and behold, it was the same symbols that I had received when I was nine. And she said this was the Phoenician alphabet. So that's what started it uh, for me. Oh, my me. gosh. Um, I bet you almost uh, fell out of your chair. <laughs> I did because, I, and I, I understood about, I knew about reincarnation at that time, uh, and but uh, I didn't put two and two together. It took many, many years for me to, to figure out um, a lot of my early experiences. I, I had the same thing happen in college. I majored in, eight, in uh, history, and whenever I took a test on 18th century history, I would go in there, and of course, not being prepared for the essay exam, I'd say my little prayer again. Please, please provide some guidance, you know, so that I could get through this test. And then the pen would just go off the paper. And I had a, um, a history professor tell me that I had the most uncanny feel for the 18th century of any student he ever had. And um, and even then, I didn't put it together. So. Uh, actually, you know, I did have a past life in that time period, which I didn't find out till again, many years later. So there were all kinds of little signs during the course of my my growing up. And having grown up Catholic, um, I found it really difficult to embrace the idea that we only got one chance at life. And um, And so I started reading books about reincarnation when I was a teenager, reading Ruth Montgomery and Jess Stern, reading about Edgar Cayce, who later became my greatest teacher, and um, and that just made sense to me, and so I began pursuing it actively in 1987 when Shirley MacLaine had her groundbreaking book out on the limb uh, as a mini series on ABC. After I watched that, my whole life changed, and I just started to become really passionate about this work, and have been ever since. You know, there's no telling how many people uh, launched. Uh, a whole new life, uh, a true spiritual relocation after the good works and the wisdom of Shirley MacLaine. Millions, I'm, I'm just no clear. It's millions of people because of that mm-hmm. simple act that I'm sure didn't seem that simple at the time of just being real and being who she was. I mean, she right. just opened up. Yeah, opened up just such great immense doors for so many of us to feel free to talk about metaphysics and and talk about our lives and, and talk about, you know, former uh, lifetimes. Did you ever discover what you're writing at nine? Did you Were you ever able to understand what it actually said? No, no. Well, I, I created the alphabet based on the symbols and... Um, I thought I was making up the alphabet, like, okay, this symbol will be an A, and this uh-huh. will be a B. And I used that to, to make my little, um, you know, my little messages around the house. But as far as uh, knowing in reality what it was I was uh, writing, I, I didn't know that at all. It was just an amazing uh, defining moment for you to show you that you have the ability to tap into other world realities and former worlds. It was the belief that if I said the prayer and I asked for the guidance, it would come. Mm-hmm. I had no doubt in my mind, even at the age of nine, that you know, if I tapped into a higher consciousness, which for me was Jesus because I was a nice little Catholic girl, um, and, uh, and I asked for something, I had no doubt in my mind I would receive it. There was just total trust at that age. And... Um, and and that's really the key. It's still it's the exact same process, uh, you know. Many many years later, as I'm developing uh, the whole idea about soul writing, um, is it, it is a, it is a, a way of of asking for guidance and being and trusting that you're going to receive it, and then getting out of the way and letting it come through. I just love it. I, I, I love these stories because they're, they're, they're the sacred stories that so many people long to have, you know, 
to to be able to uh, tap into something that's greater than themselves and mm-hmm. allow the freedom for it to flow. And I, I think that's a a real um, key a part of it all, isn't it, uh, Joanne? Is is you have to be willing to allow the answers in whatever form they they come to come. Right, and I I tell people that well, first of all, anybody can do this. It's not a a skill that you, um, it's only reserved for a handful of people. Um, anybody that has gone into an altered state of consciousness, if you're in meditation, it's the same exact process, except with meditation, you're getting the messages um, and you're processing them a little bit differently. With this writing, it's the same thing, except that it's coming from above, through you, through your soul, out your hand, and onto a piece of paper. Uh, and the tone of it is different. The, the depth of the information is far greater than anything you would get in a conscious state. And that's one of the things people are most surprised at, that they were able to get this sort of guidance um, that consciously it never crossed their mind. The, the whole perspective was different. Um, and so you can ask any question at all. And this is the beautiful part about it, because if you tell people, what if I said to you that any question you had, there's an, you can get an answer? All you have to do is is tap in, and and the answer will be given to you. Um, And the people in my courses uh, that have read my books come to my workshops, find that out, and and it's so profound, some of them, especially um, people that are very analytical or more left brain, uh, they do this this form of writing, and they're just reduced to tears because they just cannot, they, they reread it over and over again. They cannot believe that that actually came from them, but it did. And that's the beautiful part about it. Why do you think, um, you know, through the years of doing this work, Joanne, is it so hard for us because it's actually so easy and we have Mm -hmm. some analytical process that tells us it it can't be an easy formula? Right. I think that the, the, the need to be in control is probably the number one obstacle in doing this work. Um, you really have to trust and get out of the way. And it's a stream of consciousness writing. So you, you put the pen down and you just let it, let it go. And you don't stop to dot your I's or cross your T's. You don't worry about grammar or punctuation, which for English teachers drives them crazy, by the way. But, um, you, just, <laughs> you know, you just put your intent out there. You ask a question of spirit. And, you know, and it could be about anything. It doesn't have to be about past lives. My first book, uh, Soul Writing, Conversing with Your Higher Self, gives an overview of all the ways that you can use this and you can apply it, uh, you know, to your life um, in, in many, many ways. Uh, you could get, um, you know, you can enhance your psychic abilities. You could use it in various art forms. You can explore philosophical topics, get information on specific subjects. You can even use it as a tool for psychoanalysis and healing um, and for soul's growth. There's just unlimited ways of, of using this. And um, the second book, though, um, which is Your Soul Remembers, um, Accessing Your Past Lives Through Soul Writing, did zero in specifically on using soul writing to attain information about um, a previous lifetime. And those of you who are listening that did just what I did just now and go, oh, wow, I want to know more about that. Um, all of uh, Joanne's books are featured on her website, joannedimaggio.com. Joanne with two N's and an E, D-I-M-A-G-G-I-O. You can also look up her name and her information on unity.fm under my show, The Intentional Spirit. Um what a fascinating work that you're you're able to do. Um, do you find that when people can make a connection of that they've actually brought some of these um, as your quote on the front of your homepage by Carl Jung states has continued to bring in things into this lifetime for some other learning or or to continue on from where they were before. Do you find in most cases that that's a freedom for people to understand? Do most people accept that as truth? The people who undergo a regression um, tend to do that. When I do a regression with people, there's always an intention there, and the intention is 
to go to the lifetime that's most impacting them now. And what I want them to see is that they are the sum total of all of the lifetimes that they've had um, and that um, there are patterns of behavior that repeat themselves. And oftentimes when they uncover those patterns and they see, well, this began back then, this is what happened back then, I'm still, I'm still working on that right now, uh, they get their aha moment. And in that moment, there's tremendous healing because they can see the origin, and by seeing the origin, they can forgive themselves and others and, uh, you know, realize the connection of their soul family, the pre-life agreement that they made coming in, the issues that they signed up. I, I, tell, I like to use the analogy of Earth as a school and that you get your curriculum, your pre-life agreement is your curriculum. You decide what you're going to work on. And then members of your soul family who have been with you before agree to come in with you to assist you. And um, sometimes the lessons appear to be challenging. Uh, other times the, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, joy, and um, some people have very pleasant experiences. Other people, um, you know, find out the, the difficult source. Uh, people with um, physical karma, for instance, which is my next project, um, work on uh, where did this first come from? Why am I dealing with this? Now and um, but you can apply that to relationship issues, to finances, to career, to just about anything going on in your life. Um, and then find out about the people within your life. Many people, uh, everyone says, "Oh, I want to find my soulmate." The truth is, you have many, many soulmates. It simply means that the soul has was with you before, and they do come in service. They come to assist you to. Uh, uncover the issues that you're dealing with so that your soul can grow and you can go on to the next level. So um, I help them find the parallel between the past and the present. And um, for many people that they just leave thinking, oh, now I understand, now I get it. You know, now I can let that go. And uh, it's just an incredible transformative and healing tool for them. And it, it just helps. It's kind of like the one piece of the of the puzzle that they've been seeking and searching for for a long time that therapy couldn't help or or cliches exactly. or or new information. Mm-hmm. It it takes them really to the depth of their soul and kind of just defines a a lot of the moments and memories that they continue to have, but yet uh, don't understand. I'm talking right. today with Joanne DiMaggio. She is a reporter. For the universe, and you can go to her website, joannedimaggio.com. You can find out about her three books, about the regression services that she offers. I'm sure that many of you will be allured by that and want to know more. Uh, you're listening to the show, The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being. I want to thank all of you for continuing to share our shows with your, your friends on social media and for your continuing support to Unity Online Radio. We truly are a voice of an awakening world. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet? And be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. 
Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. Welcome back. If you're just coming online with us, we are talking today with Joanne DiMaggio. She is a reporter for the universe. Uh, she literally uh, does soul writing and also downloads uh, with her clients uh, regression experiences where she's able to give them information about their most impactful other lifetime, which is in the strongest way affecting and impacting the one that they are currently in. Joanne, um, as we had made a reference to, Shirley McLean is the one that kind of opened the doors for a lot of people to truly see uh, that there's really something to uh, this stuff. And um, you, like myself, and your background weren't, you know, no one recognized our gifts early on and sent us over to the mystery school. So we've had to, for many years, be in our our own mystery. But uh, give us a couple of examples of um, some people that you've worked with that have actually gone through the regression experience. Would would you say that it's made a difference in their lives? And if so, how would that be so? Well, the one that comes to mind... um is, and I can give you his name because he's given me permission, it's Frank DeMarco. And many of your listeners may know of Frank. He is a very prolific writer on, in his own regard. He was the co-founder of Hampton Roads Publishing Company, and he lives here in Charlottesville, Virginia, where I live, and we've become friends over the years. Um, Frank wanted to participate in my research project for my last book, Your Soul Remembers. I was um, doing 50 regressions with volunteers, uh, taking them back to the life that was most impacting them now. And then right when the regression was finished, I had them stay in an altered state, and they were doing soul writing. So I said, ask your soul if there's any additional information it can provide uh, to give you answers that were not answered in the regression itself or maybe expand on something or clarify something. And while they were doing the writing, I was asking my source uh, to give me information on their behalf. So the idea was that then we would both read to each other what we wrote and see how that applied to the regression. Well, Frank went back all the way to Pompeii at 79 A.D. He was wow. a, um, yeah, he was a, uh, in his late teens, his name was Cleo, and he was learning to be a diviner in fire, which means he was learning to look into the flames and he'd be able to see the, the future. Well, Cleo was a very arrogant self-centered, egotistical young man. And while he was uh, a prodigy and he was very good at what he did, um, people tended not to believe him after a while. So he was like the little boy that cried wolf because of his arrogance. And so when he saw in the fire that Vesuvius was going to erupt and destroy Pompeii, he tried very valiantly to convince the population to evacuate. He did not succeed and he was so filled with remorse and, and regret and realized that it was his ego that was responsible for the, the death of so many people that he could not convince to leave. He opted to go into the caves 
with everyone uh, around him, and he suffocated and died. Now, that's in 79 A.D. The regression's happening in 2011. So we're to almost 2,000 years going forward, which, wow. is important, which is an important element that people understand that it's not always the previous lifetime that may be impacting you. And um, he starts to do the, the writing, the soul writing, and the first word, the first sentence he writes is, asthma, the result of seared lungs. And unbeknownst to me, Frank had suffered from asthma all of his life. He didn't make the connection that the asthma in this life was the, the reminder, the trigger point to remind him, don't be arrogant and ego-centered as you were in the previous lifetime, because basically Frank's doing the same work in this life that Cleo was doing in the previous life, although in a different way. Frank is a writer, um, and he speaks to many groups, uh, and he does a lot of work with conversations with spirit. And the, the, so spirit was saying to him, you know, this asthma is supposed to remind you not to do, to, to just keep your ego in check because it's very important at this point in our evolution that people believe you and listen to what you have to say and share your wisdom. Well, he didn't, once he made that connection that the asthma in this life was from the suffocation in Cleo's life, the asthma disappeared. And it was the first case of spontaneous healing that in all the years I've been doing this work, I'd read about it, uh, but I had never experienced it myself. So that's one really good example of how something, how powerful this work can be, uh, of just the understanding of the, the source of, a, of an issue. So for people with physical issues like that, it's very, very powerful. I had a woman who came to me. She had psoriasis from head to toe, took her back to a lifetime, and she said she was a call girl in the Old West. When I asked her what her last thoughts were as her soul left her body, she said, I don't like being touched. I don't want to be touched. And in this lifetime, she manifests uh, psoriasis uh, and uh, a severe case of it, too. So, um, so it, 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 it's, you know, making the connection between the two frees the person then. It, it, the symptoms then, most of the time, the symptoms disappear, and they're able then to go on and live uh, uh, a, ha- a healthy, happy life, and go on to the next level of their evolution. What freedom! Uh, mm-hmm. Tremendous freedom in uh, somebody making that connection. I I like the point that you made um, because that seems to be an illusion of confusion to a lot of people, or just an assumption is probably better said um, that. People think that, oh, you know, I finished, um, you know, a couple hundred years ago and here I'm back. And the most recent thing that happened is the most impactful. And what you're saying is that's uh, more often than not the case. Would you say that? More often than not, it's another time. Right, because you pick, uh, before you come in, you pick the circumstances of your birth. You pick your parents. You pick, and you know what opportunities are going to occur for you by choosing the environment that you're coming into physical form into. So you see these parents, and you say, well, if I'm their son or I'm their daughter, then I'm going to have to deal with poverty, or I'm going to have to deal with abuse, or I'm going to have to deal with abandonment. Um, or, you, you know, just the opposite, too. You could, you could say, you know, now I really worked hard in my last lifetime. I want one now that's just going to be uh, easy so I can just sort of take a break. And there have been many occasions when I've had people who've described extremely wonderful and happy lifetimes. A lot of healers in this lifetime, they, they want to do healing. They feel they have healing uh, abilities and, and skills and talents, but they say, something's holding me back. I don't know what it is. There's some obstacle. We go back, find a lifetime in which they were healers, in, you know, many hundreds of years ago, but they were persecuted for it. So some of them gave up their lives or they were tortured or something. That karmic memory kicks in in this lifetime. So right when they're ready to go forward to do what they want to do, that memory is is there in their soul, and it's like, oh, no, I'm not doing that again. So by seeing, you know, that that this is, you know, this is something that happened before, that's over with, that was a lesson that you learned, you're free of that, then they are free then to start to do the healing work in this lifetime that they were always meant to do. So it's... 
uh, as a healing tool, it is has enormous, enormous potential. And since you've been doing this for so long, um, Joanne, are are you seeing any any differences when when people say, you know, now we're more evolved than ever, or you know, the children are showing up more wise than ever, and they're more genius than they've ever been, and they're misdiagnosed as um, autistic or you know other uh, labels. Uh, would you have any comparisons of that way, or have you? Would you? Well, I haven't seen that in my practice, but um, but I have worked with um, other uh, experts in various fields, especially PMH Atwater, who is uh, an expert in the field of near death experience, and she has been doing a lot of writing about the the, the children coming in now, and certainly, um, you know, that that's her opinion about the difference of the the energies that are coming in now. Um, the, most of the people that I'm working with, um, uh, some of them are just about ready to, to not have, not incarnate anymore. They have, they have finished. They have accomplished, uh, you know, finished all the lessons that they, that they signed up to, to learn, and, uh, and they're ready to, um, you know, to move on. And others um, recognize that they have a long way to go, but, uh, but understanding where they have been helps them to understand where they're going. And um, I think that they make tremendous strides when they do this sort of deep-level uh, soul work. Um, oh, if, if people have, like, um, they're on this completion path, mm-hmm. um, then what happens? Where where do the energetically as beings? What what do they do? Are they light workers working on the other side, helping others? They could. They could be on other planets as well. Um, Edgar Casey did fourteen thousand readings in his lifetime, and I think that there were so few that he said didn't have to come back again. So it's it's uh, uh, the great majority of us. Um, you know, do come back. The others enter into service in another way. So they're finished having the experience of being in a physical body. They're finished dealing with being uh, uh, influenced by matter. Um, and they, uh, you know, they're, they do other things, I'm sure. Um, you know, they're probably the ones that we're, we're helping doing the writing with us. I know I have nine different voices uh that come through when I'm doing the writing, and they're they're all different because they're all experts in different fields. So if I'm doing something that has a um, uh, a more of an esoteric, if I'm asking a question, I asked this question once: um, What's the difference between the Ten Commandments and Universal Laws? Because I was really curious about it, and uh, I had a whole t- I had one teacher come through in the writing, and for two weeks we had this dialogue, and it's in my first book, Soul Writing. Um, about the difference between the Ten Commandments and universal laws. But what, what really surprised me and told me that I was not writing in a conscious state whatsoever was that right in the middle of the very first message that, that I got, uh, I was told um, there are no universal laws that begin thou shalt not. Now, in my conscious state, I would never have thought of that. That never crossed my mind, but it was so profound. It actually stopped me in my tracks. And I say that, that statement. Would you say that statement again? There are no universal laws that begin "Thou shalt not." Ah. Uh. So that that's it. simply a, a a man imposed or person imposed law, then. Right, and um, and they went through it with me. It's like this is why this was written this way. This was what was going on at the time. This is what the intent was. Because I I was. Uh, curious about universal laws, you know, law of prosperity, law of abundance, um, and uh, law of karma, law of grace. And I thought, how many of those laws are there? Because I had heard anywhere from 20 to 50 to 200. And I really had thought at one point that I wanted to focus my studies in that area, and uh, but I couldn't get a handle on them. I couldn't find uh, any definitive book that actually said, this is how many there are and this is what they are. So um, I thought, well, I'll ask Spirit. Who else? <laughs> if you have a question about Spirit, ask Spirit. 
And uh, I didn't get an answer, by the way, about how many laws there were. I just got this whole dissertation about the difference between uh, uh, our man-made, uh, the, the Ten Commandments. And I know there's some people that might say they're not man-made, that, they're, that they came from God as well. But, um, but there is a difference, I, I believe, between the two of them. I love that. There are no universal laws that start out, thou shalt not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it, that by itself, that just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? it we don't really mean, affirm life in the negative universally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, how did you, um, you, you continued the practice of asking spirit and, and being open to the guidance, but... How did things show up differently when you were able to 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 realize um, that you're actually working with different authors and that you were working with any author other than, you know, channeling your own insight? Well, I didn't really know that. You know, I, I was struggling uh, with that question, and that is the question that most of the, the uh, individuals who either take my class online or come to a workshop – uh, will we'll say, who is doing the writing? And um, it's interesting, uh, in my first book, I did a lot of research on what famous writers had to say about the process of inspiration. You know, um, when, when they became in, uh, uh, inspired, they understood that their work came from a place higher than uh, their conscious state. Uh, you know, and, and Kipling and... Keats and uh, just um, a whole slew of of, uh, of famous writers uh, and composers, Mozart and Beethoven and all of those. It's the same process whether you're writing music or whether you're writing words. Everyone was struggling with where is this coming. They all agreed, they all knew it was coming from a source higher than them. Now, whether that source is God, whether that source is uh, your guardian angel, a spirit guide, um, it, it's 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 almost immaterial when you come down to it when you actually read the message that you get because you know that there's someone at the other end of the line. I like to think of soul writing as a phone home card that you can use 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's as if before you became uh, came into human existence, your your creator said to you, "Hey, I'm going to give you this little card if you get into trouble down on the earth." You know, you know that you could reach us, somebody 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just have to ask for guidance, and it will always be given to you. So um, the thing that people get into a little bit of trouble in is, is when they get into automatic writing. And I know we didn't touch on that, but there is a difference between the two. Uh, and I think most people know the term automatic writing, and they think that that's, what, that that's okay to do, but it actually isn't because um, in, that, it's, in that, using that, uh, type of writing, you can get outside um, uh, influence, uh, negative influences coming in and, um, and giving you messages. Uh, it's just like using the Ouija board. So those like automatic writing and Ouija board were the number one and two no-nos that the ARE came out with when teaching people how to develop their psychic abilities. So, um, so I do go into that as well in the book, the difference between the two and, and uh, how to recognize um, how to recognize the difference? And uh, Joanne, this is your most recent book. Your soul remembers is my most recent book, and that's the one with the past life. Um, <clears throat> the the twenty five of the fifty regressions that I did are in that book, and it's chronological. It starts in uh, Pompeii and goes all the way to the Holocaust. Uh, so that's the the regression and the two soul writing uh, portions of that session. Uh, the first book, Soul Writing, Conversing with Your Higher Self, is the overview. Um, it really was my thesis. Um, I received my master's in transpersonal studies from Atlantic University, uh, and that was my thesis, was on, on, on soul writing, which um, is also referred to as inspirational writing. Uh, I coined the term soul writing because um, inspirational writing, uh, when Edgar Cayce used the term in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, meant something completely different than it does today. Today, it, if, you, if you put in inspirational writing in Amazon, you're going to get a lot of Christian genre books. Uh, if you put in automatic writing, you're going to see nothing but occult books. 
So I thought, boy, neither one of those will really work. So I'll think, okay, this is writing from your soul, coming through your soul and out your hand and on the paper. So exactly. I thought soul writing was more appropriate. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful book, and it's a beautiful book cover, and I, I love the feather. Uh, while we're at break, uh, all of you take advantage of the time and go to joannedimaggio.com. We'll be right back. Imagine the powerful, poignant poetry of Unity Poet Laureate James Dillett Freeman. Beautifully put to music by award-winning songwriter Kathy DeWitt. It's here, The Traveler, new music to the words of James Dillett Freeman, a remarkable collaboration across space and time. Sometimes from I know not what strange strand Then I am as in a dream A dream I never remember Yet somehow I understand Visit thetraveler.us to get the CD, songbook, and free downloads. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. I'm talking today with Joanne DiMaggio. That's Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E-D-I-M-A-G-G-I-O.com. You can go to her website. She has three books. Um, she does uh, regression services and, and takes people on a journey to find out their most impactful former life. She does lectures, and she does a lot of work and programs and uh, workshops pertinent to um, soul writing. Uh, one of the things I found um, exciting about your work as a certified uh, hypnotherapist was that you could actually be with uh, large groups at one time. I, I think that's I'm always intrigued by that. I think that's uh, very powerful. Um, and on your website, you talk about being part of a research project where you had 50 volunteers come in for a combination of regression and soul writing session. What was, what was that like with the with the people that attended that day? Did their did their vibration change? Um, do you get feedback? Did you get any feedback? Uh, from any of them as they went back out into life on a day-to-day basis, how things well, are different that, or changed? That, yeah, that research project um, was individual sessions. It wasn't a group okay. uh, session. Yeah, so I had 50 volunteers. There were 43 women and 7 men, and they ranged in age from 23 to 81. And their, their professions were all over the place. I had a psychologist and teachers, and I had nurses, and I had... Um, uh, retirees and marketing professionals and 
And they, uh, 17 of them had never had a past life regression before. And 21 of them had never even been in an altered state of consciousness. So when I did all 50, then I was starting to get some statistics together. Uh, it was amazing because 88%, that's a very high number, said that the session impacted their life in some way. And 78% may, were able to make the connection between their past life and their their current life. Um, so it was, um, it, I did that over a period of like something like six months. And uh, we chose 25 of the, of the 50 to go into the book. And, um, and, you know, and, and their experiences are, are certainly all over the place. There's one group, however, that really touched me, and they were um, three people, two, uh, two men and a woman, never met each other before. They came in separately, and they all, uh, they, I found out that they were part of a soul group. When I talk about soul groups, I mean that these people had, uh, had something in common, and they were drawn to my project. Uh, and uh, they all regressed to a time period in the 13th century. Um, they all talked about being afraid of uh, invading soldiers coming in. Uh, and, um, you know, the first one uh, said that she was happily in her kitchen, and here comes this invading soldiers, and they ended up killing her. The second one said that she would take her daughter and go to a cave and hide, but eventually the soldiers found her and dragged the daughter away. And then the third one said that he was the little girl who was dragged away. And uh, the fact that they did not know each other uh, and they didn't know what the others were saying in their regression and we did these separately really um, was a very awesome experience for me as a therapist to see something like this happen where they've, they all came together that they had had similar, uh, nearly identical experiences. So there's all kinds of interesting things. You know, Spirit took my project in a whole different direction than I intended. So uh, I had to just kind of go along for the ride and and, uh, uh, and just watch as these people um, talked about the, the The one woman who said that her daughter, that she took her daughter to the cave and then the daughter was dragged away, in this lifetime... Her daughter was dragged away again in front of her because she had been accused of of uh, committing a murder, and the police came and dragged the daughter away. So she, they were mother and daughter again in this lifetime, and the same, almost same scenario uh, evolved. Except in the last lifetime, she never saw her daughter again. And this one, of course, she has been able to continue to see her daughter, even though she's incarcerated. So. Um, there are there are things like that that come up that absolutely astound uh, even someone like me that's been doing this for a long time. So I'm very grateful to to be able to uh, assist people in uh, this sort of transformative work. That's absolutely um, fascinating. So these people that volunteered themselves, a lot of their works and the discoveries about their lives, you actually put into your book, Your Soul Remembers, right? Right, right, right. We talked a little bit about who they were, how old they were, what their profession was, um, you know, what their background was in terms of whether they'd ever done this work before. One of the things I wanted to show to people was that you didn't, you know, that ordinary people, I mean, these are all professional people who um, I don't know that they would go to work necessarily and say, oh, I just had a past life regression, you know. But um, the fact that this was not for entertainment purposes whatsoever, and um, these people were well-educated, respected members of their, of their uh, you know, spiritual communities. A lot of them were from Unity. Uh, I, um, I asked people at my Unity at Charlottesville uh, if they wanted to volunteer, and a lot of them were from the... Um, from the ARE, uh, and then they would tell other people, and they would come forward and say, "Can I be part of the of the research?" So um, it was who came forward, uh, their ages, uh, and the experiences. I had an, the oldest one, an eighty-one-year-old woman, went back to a lifetime in France in which uh, she was married to a very abusive man. Uh, she wanted to write. She was writing stories, and this man read them and thought that they were of the devil and punished her severely for doing it. And in this lifetime, she marries the same man, but he's 
not uh, not abusive necessarily, but not supportive of her writing. And here, um, after he passes away, she starts to write uh, those stories again. And at 81, I, I, I get such a kick out of her because she lives not too far from me, and sometimes I'd pass by her house and I'd see her in the window. She's sitting away at her computer and, and just pumping out one story after the other. And uh, so you see sometimes you, you know, things get put on hold in a previous life and you just pick them up in the next life and you continue. Um, uh, you know, it's why some people, um, your skills, your talents, your abilities, those are all pluses. Those are all things you bring with you. So you can draw on those, just like a bank account, like a karmic bank account. So you can draw on those uh, again in, an, in a subsequent lifetime, and many people do, just like the healers I told you about earlier. I also love um, the information that you share about about soul writing and your drawing, as you said earlier, a lot of your wisdom from your mentor and from one of your life heroes, Edgar Casey. I've I've delved deep into his work. Um, what a fascinating man! He's still such a guide to you know so many, and how he was at that crossroads of you know the influence of traditional fundamentalism and how he had an awakening of he had to honor his own path um certainly one that a lot of us can you know relate to as well but in your in your soul writing when you talk about you know anybody can do soul writing i love that you say that you can get any answer you know to any question you have it's like having a 24 7 phone home card to spirit that's really that's really uh, precious actually (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, it's it's a it's a process that uh, I have like a a list of of ways to uh, ease yourself into it. Um, you know, in, in encouraging people to find the sacred place. Uh, you know, that where they won't be disturbed, uh, where they where they could connect to spirit. So if if they have a regular meditation practice and they go to a particular room in the house, just claim that as their own. And you know, just set the stage and put some items around you that remind you of your spiritual journey. Um, if you can do it the same time and same place every day, that's that's a plus because we are creatures of habit. Some people ask me about whether to use the pen or the keyboard. Um, either one is fine. Uh, I use a pen all the time because I like the way it feels uh, as the ink goes onto the paper. It's a slower, more thoughtful process. If you're on a keyboard, that's fine. Uh, your eyes are going to be sort of halfway open. You're going to be kind of in a sleepy state. If you happen to shift over, then you won't be able to read anything. So um, so what I do is I do it by hand, and then I transfer it. But you could do it either way. And I encourage people to focus on an ideal and um, make sure they enter the meditative state. Say a prayer of protection. That's very, very important. I never do any work without surrounding myself with white light and saying a prayer of protection uh, so that um, we're kept safe. And um, and then just allow the pen to be poised over the paper, and and I encourage people just start with ovals or loops uh, until the words or phrases or sentences uh, form, and then just allow the writing to proceed. They have to get out of the way, as I mentioned. It's a stream of consciousness writing, and then um, oftentimes it's best if you wait a little bit before you read it because it tends to take on a whole different meaning as time goes by. It's like, you know, it's like a fine wine. It just ages well. Uh, so those basically are the, the steps, but when you get to do them uh, often enough, if you, if you make, it a point, make an appointment with spirit and sit down and write, uh, it, you know, you just really need to just take a few deep breaths, enter into that quiet state, set your intention, say your prayer of protection, your white light around you, and put the pen down and off you go. You'll get a. You certainly will get a message. You can. You can carry on an entire conversation. You don't have to just, you know, wait for this long message to come. You can ask questions and have a dialogue going on, uh, and that dialogue makes enables people to feel that they're not alone. That they're that they, no matter they could be totally alone they, uh, in a room, but that spirit is with them, and they feel the presence of spirit when they do the writing. Uh, because they could see that there is a higher form of energy that is that is communicating with them, and it's just a incredible feeling. Um, and anybody can do it. 
Well, I know, like myself, many of you are inspired to uh, delve deeper into what is possible and how we can connect with spirit on a, a deeper and, and more of an inward journey. And Joanne DiMaggio has certainly found many secrets in how that is possible. Be sure and visit her website, joannedimaggio.com. If you enjoy these messages of of uh, inspiration and of knowledge and being an intentional spirit, be sure and visit us at unitycampus.org. I'm Temple Hayes. And Joanne, it has been a pleasure to have you today. Look forward to having you on our show at another time. The best Thank to you, you and all the work that you're doing. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, quiet your mind and affirm. There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child, trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Pop culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. At Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 
with co-hosts Reverend Paul Hasselbeck, Reverend Bill Holton, and Reverend Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.